Let's go to God in a word of prayer. Um, I'm not going to get through my whole message. I'm going to let you guys know right now. I broke this up into part one and part two because I have to drive some teens to camp. And pray for a brother because I'm speaking tomorrow night at camp. I don't know why they keep asking me to speak to these. I'm like, my own teens don't want to hear from me. And then y'all going to ask me to speak to the teens in the church. I know y'all love me. I know y'all love me. But let's pray. Let's pray. I have a message that I... Uh, this is a, you know this pre- this this message really applied to me personally, and I, I wanted to share with you guys because I do feel like it'll help uh, it'll help us in our relationships, uh, both in the church and outside the church. Let's pray. Uh, gracious Father, we come before you just uh, grateful for another beautiful day. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the time we got to spend in the park, being out in nature and amongst your other creation. It's just amazing to me that of all the beautiful creatures that you've created, that we are your favorites. And that you send Jesus to die for us. Uh, you, we're special to you. We're important to you. We matter to you. Uh, God, I, I just, I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful to be uh, the object of your affection. And I pray that uh, we can return that love and affection to you by giving us, uh, by giving you our hearts and our total uh, focus and devotion. And I pray that uh, my words will be your words. Uh, please bless this time together. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you can open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1, we'll get there in just a moment. Uh, today's message is coming from the book of Philippians. Um, we're going to take a little break away from our series just to just, you know, just talk about a little, a little something, something. Is that all right? Uh, Philippians is a personal book. Tells us the most about Paul. Uh, it's a personal letter written to the church in Philippi, and uh, it's also a very practical letter that deals with a lot of day-to-day decisions and things like that. And, uh, you know, most of the book is positive. In fact, some people call it the book of joy. You can find uh, the words joy or rejoice or be glad over 19 times throughout its, uh, its uh, you know, its letters, its uh, chapters. And it deals with topics on how to be joyful. So if you're looking for uh, a a great study on uh, maybe regaining some joy in your life, study out the book of Philippians, all right? Uh, It deals with how to be joyful despite circumstances and hardships and in problems, relational problems, uh, spiritual problems. And uh, so today I want to talk about some of the relational stuff, if that's all right. Um, uh, My message today is how to enjoy the people in your life, part one. How to enjoy the people in your life. Now the church, it's important for us, let me just give you a little context here. You know, when you read through Philippi, um, the Philippians, you know, right away you start to see that there was some relational issues going on. Uh, Paul encouraged Philippians 2, uh, you know, at the top, he, t- he encouraged his, there were two disciples, two leaders who were at odds with each other, and he said, think of others as you and yourself, you know, he, he's you know, better than yourself, and he right away started talking about and addressing some of the relational issues that were coming up uh, between the two, and, you know, it's important because you got to address uh, division, you got to address unresolved issues because it impacts the church. Especially when it's among leaders, uh, because you have people who are 
who are connected to one leader and you have others who are connected to another leader and these two leaders don't see eye to eye, that causes division not just in their relationship but all those who are connected to them. So that's why it's important for us, even on a, on a church level, to make sure that we are connected with each other, that we're resolving whatever conflicts, because everyone connected to us will be connected to us. And they will see your perspective before they will see the other person's perspective. Does that make sense? And so Paul dealt with that right away. All right? Now the church was going through some relational challenges there were some trust issues that developed. There was selfishness that, that uh, was stirring up. And right away in chapter 1, Paul start, starts off by talking about people. Now, if you're having problems with people, tell me if you can relate to this. It can kill the joy in your life, right? If relationships are bad, if your relationship is bad, it feels like your whole life just sinks. You know, if you're not doing well in your marriage, if you and your wife are not happy, it doesn't matter, it can be a beautiful day just like this, but the thing that's in your head is how bad your marriage is. Or if you're in a bad relationship with just a friend or a co-worker, just the thought of going to work tomorrow will ruin the fact that there's a beautiful day today, and, and, and the forecast is supposed to be beautiful for the rest of the week, but that's not going to matter to you because, you know what, I got to go to work and I got to deal with these people. So we're going to talk about how to enjoy those people. If relationships are strained, it's difficult. Life just feels difficult. Nothing feels easy. And if there are other unresolved issues in your life, then that's just going to compound on what you already feel. And so there are people who probably had nothing to do with this other situation, but because you didn't deal with that situation, now they got to deal with the situation you got with them, plus the unresolved situation with the other person because you piled everything on it. Relationships get complicated, right? Because we're complicated creatures. We're complicated. Uh, Peter Drucker, I don't know if any of you know Peter Drucker, he's considered the father of American management. And he has a lot of great books, a lot of uh, you know, great sayings about uh, leadership and, and, and business management and just how to, how to work with people. And I like this quote. He said, you know, the number one characteristic of a CEO or a leader is that they enjoy other people. Now, we might think that the number one characteristic is you should be able to produce money, right? You should be able to produce results. But you can't do that unless you know how to work with people. Unless you can motivate people. Unless you know how to get people past their, their humps and their weaknesses. You've got to be able to enjoy people. Do you enjoy the people around you? The people you work with? The person you're married to? You don't have to answer that one out loud. Keep it to yourself. The people in your family? Let me tell you how funny God is. Anyone that says God or thinks that God doesn't have a sense of humor, you don't know God. As I am preparing and working on my message last night, I get a call from a family member who I had some issues with. And I just put the phone to the side and I just started laughing. I said, I, said, I get you. I see what you're doing. And my temptation was, I wanted to get off the phone. 
When we find ourselves not enjoying the people in our lives, we tolerate them, we put up with them, we endure them. But when you enjoy when you enjoy people, it's totally the opposite. It's totally the opposite. What does it take to enjoy the people in our lives? Let's look at Philippians 1, verses 3 through 11. Paul says, I thank God every time I remember you. I think right there, I was already convicted. He said, I thank God every time I remember you. Every time. Do you thank God for the people in your life every time you think of them? In all my prayers, for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. What does it take to enjoy the people in our lives? It takes appreciating the good in people. You know, Paul says, I thank God every time I remember you. And that's, a, that's, that's, that's not easy to do. Because, you know, oftentimes people that are close to us will hurt us. And the reason I didn't want to be on this phone call last night because I had a hard time letting go of the hurt that this person caused me. And so every time I think about that person, I can't honestly say that I thank God. And I have to repent because I'm thinking that if this relationship is ever going to be healed, if it's ever going to progress, if it's ever going to get better, if I'm ever going to enjoy, then every time I think about this person, I need to find something to thank God about. And after I hung up the phone, I just right away just started thanking God for the different things I saw and that I know about that person. Because the quicker you are, you, the quicker you act on that, the easier it will be for you to move on and reconcile that relationship. You know, what I like about Paul is that Paul chose to remember the good things about people. He focused on the good times that he had with others. And he chose to remember the positive experiences. Then, you know, just recently, what do you, what do you remember most about people? The good or the bad experiences? You know, when Paul wrote this letter, he was not having an easy time. In fact, Paul was sitting in a prison in Rome when he wrote this letter to the church of Philippi. And even more, his history with the Philippians was not a pleasant one. In fact, just so, you know, for some context, you can read Acts 16. We're not going to go there, but you know, in Acts 16, when Paul went to Philippi, he was arrested illegally. 
He was stripped and beaten. He was severely flogged and thrown into prison. That was his experience in Philippi. But what did he choose to hold on to? He said, I thank God when I remember you. He didn't say, man, it was rough. I almost lost my life because of you guys. And now I'm writing this letter because you you obviously didn't get it. That's not what Paul focused on. He didn't focus on the fact that he was mistreated, the fact that he was wronged, the fact that he was physically assaulted. He chose not to focus on that. And if that wasn't enough, while he and Silas was in prison, there was an earthquake. I mean, come on, what kind of week is that? What was your week like? He was asked to leave town. He didn't get an apology for being falsely accused and imprisoned. He was not having a good time. In fact, he was having a horrible time. And yet, he says, when I think of you, I remember the good things. You know, Paul could have dwelt on the negative. He, he could have dwelt on the painful memories. But he chose not to remember the painful Instead, he focused on the things he could be grateful for. I don't know, maybe you've been hurt in the past or maybe just recently. Maybe by a friend. Maybe you're hurt by your children. You know, no one wounds us more than our own family. Or easier. Maybe your parents said something that hurt you. Maybe your employer said something. Maybe a co-worker said something insensitive and hurt your feelings. Maybe you were hurt by a friend or best friend or partner or a brother and sister in Christ. That's why you're sitting on this side and they're sitting on the other side. If you're still holding on to the hurt, you will not be able to enjoy them today. I want to be able to enjoy my children and I want them to be able to enjoy daddy. That's why we talk about things in our household. I'm not afraid to apologize for having a bad mood. And you know what? If I know, because the Spirit convicts us of sin, if I know that I'm having a bad mood, I initiate. Because I know how hard it is for a child to point something out in their parent. If I know Daddy's been in a bad mood, I pull the family together. Guys, you know what? Daddy's been in a funky mood. Or I'll ask them. Hey, did I, did I come across short? Was I harsh? And I, and I don't, they don't get in trouble if they say, yeah. Now, Siani's more gracious. She'll come, she'll give me a big hug, she'll put her head on my shoulder, I love you, Daddy. God knew exactly what I needed. My son? Yeah, and you know what? And when you said it, you said it with like, this, I'm like, okay, son. He's like, no, but really, like, I'm like, okay, son. shoulder after being convicted by Noah. You got to make it easy for people to point stuff out. You know, 
I try to treat people the way I want to be treated. And if I, if I want it to be easy for me to bring up something, then I need to make sure that I'm approachable. And sometimes we got to lay our, 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 our gifts at the altar and go and initiate if we know something's off. You know when something is off. You know if someone hasn't been speaking or reaching out or returning, don't just sit there and say, well, they ain't saying anything to me, so I guess that we're all right. No, 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 no. You know when there's trouble in paradise. So you know what? Initiate. Hey, are we good? Because I just feel like, and if there's nothing, then it's nothing. But at least you initiated, you show you're this important to me. That I want to make sure we're good. And something just seems off. So if we're okay, then amen. I'll trust that we're okay. And that's it. The ball's in their court now. If it's something that, that they need to resolve, then they got, they got to be honest. If, they, if they're not honest, that's on them. You did your part. And even if they do the, the typical, no, 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 we're good, but you're really not good. And then they come back to you later and say, hey, you know what? When you asked me the first time and I said, uh, we're, we're not really good. And they come back to you, you know what you do? Let's talk. Amen. Don't make it hard on them and say, well, when I asked you the first time, you said, now you want to talk. And now, you... see, this is why I didn't talk to you the first time. So, I, you know, and look, we family, right? We've been family for like 20-something years. that it's not easy for people to bring stuff up to me because of my position. It's not easy bringing up stuff to someone who's in authority over you. Someone that you consider or you respect. I get that. So if someone says, hey bro, can we talk? I'm feeling some things. I have to make it easy for that person to bring stuff up. Now you may not consider yourself as someone that is spiritual or, or intimidating. But believe it or not, some of y'all are not easy to approach. We carry this face like you better not, if you want to come to me, you better come correct and with respect. And, and it's like, people got to go get prayed up before they come talk. They're like, yo, do I really want to engage in this battle? Like, do I really want to jump in this snowy pit and slay this lion? Like, I'm like, like brothers doing push-ups and sisters having prayer chains, holding on each other. Lord, give me the strength to talk to this sister, Jesus. And I'm like, it shouldn't have to be like that. When we hold on to the bad or the negative, it's hard to move on. We got to be grateful for the good in people. You know, pleasant memories are by choice. I grew up in the projects. I grew up in the hood. And, you know, just by, just by its title alone, its implications, you, you, there could not, nothing can happen good in the hood. I remember good days in the projects, believe it or not. I remember smiling and the sun shining in the hood. Because I choose to remember those things. Now, if I brought it 
be honest with you. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't believe, I'm not one to toot my own horn. And you guys know, if I do, then you can, you can pull me aside and say, bro, you're tooting your own horn. But there is a brother, you know, Gunther Strowman. We've been in each other's lives for God, how long, Gunther? 30 years? Feel like 30 years. Feel like 40. Feel like you've been in forever. But from the first time I met Gunther, we have been in a spiritual battle for his relationship with God from day one. And I'm not giving up on him. You know why? Because I love him. I love him. I love his whole family. I'm loyal to this brother because I really believe and I want to see him succeed in Christ. I want to see his family make it. I want to see his son. I want to see his daughter. I want to see his whole family make it. People need to know that there are people in their corner. That even if, even if their, their lifestyle doesn't meet our expectations or is not up to the, to the ideal, that you're going to still be in their corner. So when they do get there, you'll be one of the people that they can say, man, I'm here because of you. Everybody needs someone like that in their lives. And I believe that he still comes around because of brothers like me. Brothers like Steve Ward, brothers like, like, like George Boyd, brothers who are in his life. Many brothers, brother ran through so many, but I, I lost count. But I believe God is still here, and I can talk to him like this because we're boys. And also, his, he knows if there's a place that he's going to be loved unconditionally, it's right here in home. And that's what everybody should feel. Everyone should feel like they're connected to someone who's going to be loyal to them no matter what. Because that's what it's going to take for us. I appreciate when I hear disciples who are still in touch with brothers and sisters who are no longer around. You know what that's called? Loyalty. And underneath that, you know what it's called? Love. Love. And I believe that God is because of that. God brings people back. You know, I thank God for my wife. She stuck through with me through those dark, many dark days. I mean, she she's been there for me in, in more ways that I can than I can account. More, she's been there for me than, than more than any other person in, in my life. So I'm gonna enjoy life with my wife. I'm gonna remember that. I'm not gonna remember the hurt. I'm not gonna remember the the, the lapses and I'm, I'm gonna choose to remember that. Because I want to enjoy life with my wife. And I hope she remembers the good times that I've provided. Some of you here today have been there with us through the ups, through the downs. I mean, too many to, to, to even acknowledge. We've had so many people in our lives that we enjoy this church. Because we have so many good people in our lives. We have so many people who have stuck with us and stayed with us. And then there are those who hurt us. But we don't choose to remember that. We're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the good. Because that's what is going to allow us to enjoy our relationship with each other. You know, there are people who have plenty of reason not to be in your corner. They have many reasons to stop, to not, to not. You ain't listen. 
You've been hard-headed, you've been stubborn, but they stuck by you no matter what. You need to thank God for those people. You need to write those people a love letter today and mail it to them. Don't send no text, don't email, handwrite them a letter and tell them, I am grateful for you for. And you go down, you write them a nice little love letter because God put those people in your life to experience his love. You need to be grateful for the people that God has put in your life. Secondly, you need to practice positive praying. Practice positive praying. Philippians 1 verse 4 says, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Another convicting thing. Can you say that every time you pray for people, you pray with joy? You know, sometimes if people are rubbing us the wrong way, there's a little edge to our prayers. There's scriptures where David says, break their teeth. Beat them with briars. And we're like, Lord, break their teeth. Tear out their dentures. And if they got, if they got uh, braces, Lord, twist it all up. I mean, get in there, Jesus. Convict them. Make them feel the hurt they caused me. We, we be praying some crazy prayers, man. People are like, you know, people feel like cold draft. Like, feel like a chill just, just came over. When you think about people, you gotta pray with joy. Right? Isn't it encouraging to know that people pray for you? Isn't it encouraging to know that that people pray for you with joy? That they're happy to pray for you? Yes. You know, I'm always encouraged when people tell me that they're praying for me and praying for my family, especially when they get specific about what they're praying for. Then that really makes me feel loved. You know, I mean, let me give you another practical. The, the quickest way to change people is to pray for people. The quickest way to change people is to pray for people. Now, James tells us that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective, right? Jesus practiced this prayer when he prayed in John 17 for his disciples. He prayed for them to be unified. And you know what? God changed Peter's heart. These, these, these 12 men who were dull and they were walking with Jesus all the, all, somehow became these 12 or 11 powerful apostles. It was because Jesus prayed for them. He prayed for them to change. You want to see change in people? Put them before God. Because God can weed out whether it's sincere, it's selfish, or whatever. God will take your prayer and use it for his glory because he wants to see people grow too. So we can move God to move people. This will do two things. When you're praying for other people, it will change your attitude towards that person, and then it will change that person. Positive praying is more powerful than positive thinking. You know, our faith can move mountains, but we got to also remember that our doubt can create mountains. When, you, when you're faithful, you can move mountains in relationships. But when you doubt, you're creating more and more mountains to climb in those relationships. 
Now, people may resist or reject your advice or your input. They may reject your pleas to change or, or to consider something. People may reject your suggestions and not listen to your help. But they are powerless against your prayers. Absolutely powerless against your prayers. Now, when you say to someone, I'll pray for you, what do you pray? I think sometimes, again, we'll do a, ge a general thing. You know what? God be with them. Or God bless them. Very general, right? Now, here's a kicker. God already promised that he's going to be with you. That's right. So you don't necessarily need to pray that prayer. Because God already promised that. Now, if you want to claim that for that person, that's fine. But God has already let you know, I'm not going anywhere. Okay? I'm already with you. God also promises that he will bless our lives if we follow his word. So God is your, blessed is the man who, who meditates on God's word. Psalm 1. You, you devote your life to God, you're, you're already blessed. Happy is a person that follows God. Right? We got to get more specific in what we pray for people. We got to get a little more specific in our prayers. You know, to be clear, we're not just praying for people to do and become what we want them to. We're praying for people to change the things that are ungodly. All right? Is that, is that clear? Because I know sometimes the temptation is, all right, you know, they're getting on my nerve. So, Lord, please help them to change that. And it's because they're getting on your nerve. It's not because they're getting on God's nerve. It's because they're getting on your nerve. So God may delay that prayer a little bit because he's going to work on you in the progress because he, you need to grow in your love for this person because there's a reason they're getting on your nerve. So God's going to delay that prayer a little bit. All right? That's the cat out the back. You're praying for people to change for selfish reasons, for selfish motives. You got something you need to change as well. So God will help you both. He'll help you do both. Now, Paul specifically spells out what he's praying for when he's praying for the, ch the church at Philippi. Let's look at it. Philippians 1 verse 9 through 11 it says, This is my prayer for you, that your love will grow more and more, that you will have knowledge and understanding with your love, that you will see the difference between good and bad, and you will choose the good, that you will be pure and without wrong from the coming of Christ, for the coming of Christ. That you will be filled with the good things produced in your life by Christ to bring glory and praise to God. Paul prays four specific things in this prayer. He prayed that they would grow in love. Amen. Right? That your love will grow. He prays for them to grow in love. He prayed that they would make wise choices. See the difference between good and bad. That's a very good prayer to pray for people. Sometimes we're like, we want people to listen to us. Why not just pray, Lord, help them to make the best decision? Thirdly, he prayed that they will do the right thing. So not just that they will consider, but that they will actually follow through and do the right thing. He prayed that they'll be pure and without wrong. I think we put too much energy into trying to change people without and not enough energy in praying for people. We get with people for hours. We talk, we talk, we talk. They remember maybe about 2% of what you talked about. After that first 20 minutes or so, everything is gone and erased from their minds. They're thinking about rainbows and, and unicorns. And you just poured your little heart, your whole quiet time in this 
And they only remember about five minutes of the conversation. Pray for people. Put more time and energy into praying for people rather than trying to change people. Don't stop getting with people. I know we can go the other extreme. James said don't get with nobody, so I'm just going to pray for people. No, still get with people, but put more energy in praying for and with them. Amen? And then lastly, he prayed that they will live for God's glory. You know, I think we all have good intentions. We all want people to do right. We all want people to, to, to you know, even our kids. We want our kids to know, know and love the Lord. But we got to be very careful in how we express our expectations. Because you don't want your kids to think that the only reason you're loving them, you're, doing, you're treating them good, is because you're hoping that they will become a Christian one day. They need to know that you love them no matter what they decide. That your love for them is unconditional. That your expectation for them is that they will have a godly character. The decision to become a Christian is totally up to them. But if they choose not to, that they're still going to have parents who love them unconditionally. The same with our friends. The same with our family members. Same with our co-workers. Well, I don't go to your church. Do you still want to hang out with me? Well, I'm not interested in studying the Bible. Are we still going to be friends or are you only going to be my friend because you want me to study the Bible? If people don't feel that you're sincere, know that you're sincere, they don't want to have anything to do with you. They don't enjoy you now. So you want to make sure that you're praying that people will live for God's glory. Because it's all to give glory to God, not to you. And that they'll be filled with good things produced in their life by Jesus. Because it's Jesus who makes us God. It's God who, who, who forms those things in us through time. We got to get specific in our prayers. You know, if you want to know what that looks like, just imagine praying with your eyes wide open. All right? Imagine praying with your eyes wide open. There's a lady, 28-year-old woman, who was taken to the hospital for evaluation after she after driving into a Mary Esther house. The woman took told the uh, Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office that she was praying at the time and had her eyes closed, according to the County Sheriff's Office. The Fort Walton Beach woman was traveling eastbound on Marsha Drive when she failed to stop at the stop sign, went through an intersection and into the yard of a home on Miramar Drive. She was praying. She had her eyes closed and drove right into a house. That's a bad thing to do. Now, I feel bad for this woman because I remember praying one time and missing my exit on my way to church. Caught up in the seventh heaven. But my point is, pray with your eyes wide open so that you can see God working and answering the prayers that you've been praying to God. Pray with your eyes wide open so that you can see God working and showing you the things that you can't appreciate in people. Pray with your eyes wide open so that you can see God working on your heart as you pray for people, as you enjoy people, and as God puts more people in your life to enjoy. Pray with your eyes wide open. 
In conclusion, Paul says, if you want to enjoy people, you must appreciate the good in people. Remember the best, forget the rest. Choose to focus on the good. And then secondly, to practice positive praying. The quickest way to change people is to pray for them. It's what Jesus did. It's what Paul did. In part two, the next time we're together, I'm going to talk about how, when we talk about enjoying people in our lives, we're going to look at being patient with their progress and loving them from the heart. I hope this was helpful to you. Let's go out and let's enjoy the relationships in our lives.